0: you everyone good for you good to be in the house of the Lord with my brothers and sisters in Christ welcome to the Passion Church I'm Pastor Guy if I haven't met you and uh, I'm so excited you're here with us today each and every one of you let's turn to John the first chapter You know, the disciple John, he called himself the one that Jesus loved. That's the way he saw himself. Is that the way you see yourself? You could say that just like John. I'm the one that Jesus loved. He's the one that leaves the 99 and came, found you. He's the one that searched you out and wants to live your whole life with you. Walk out everything in your life moment by moment, problem through problem, solution to solution, glory to glory, line upon line, precept upon precept. Jesus wants to be with you. He loves you. John knew it. He said in verse 14 that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Now we know that the word that became flesh is Jesus Christ. He Backs up his word. He was a visible presentation of the word of God. When you read the Bible, you're looking into the heart of Jesus himself. He was the word that became flesh and he dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. Not us per se, because we weren't alive back in that day, but there were other humans who beheld God in the flesh. The glory is the only begotten of the Father and he was full of grace and truth. We love that he's full of grace. We sing about his amazing grace. We think about how his grace has changed our lives. But let us not forget today that he is also the truth. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus is the truth. Hey, he's the word of God. He is the truth. Let's pray. Father, we're... We're excited about your grace. Oh, my goodness. Where would we be without your mercy and grace in our life? We'd be lost and dead and on our way to hell. But because of you, you saved our earthly lives and you have saved our spiritual lives. You've given us eternal life. You have shown us the way of truth. and we, And every time that we have turned to you, you have followed through and come through. Every time that we look to you, you are there. And we begin to trust you. We begin to walk with you. We begin to talk with you. We begin to act like you. We begin to see victory like you did. We take up our cross and we follow you. We want to know you. We want our lives to matter just like your life mattered. You are the life that we seek. And so we open our ears today to hear what your spirit would say to us. This is the day that you have made. This is the church that we're sitting in right now. This is the place where your spirit dwells in your believers. We are the temple. It is right now that we step into the next thing that you have for our lives. And we step in willingly, Lord, not holding anything back. We let all the cares and the worries and the anxieties about what we've experienced this week and what's coming up next week, we let it slip off our shoulders right now and we cast our cares over on you and we put our trust in you. You have this for us. And we keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. You'll finish this. Hand in hand with us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, I'm excited today. I don't know if you can tell it or not. Man, I'm excited about those 22 people who gave their life to Jesus yesterday. I'm excited about seeing Where's Tony? Every time I call somebody, I in the back every time I was going to get him to give a little testimony about a little girl that was there yesterday she stood up we let him talk sometimes we gave her the microphone she said I spent 14 years going through what I've been through without Jesus I know I can spend the rest of my life with Jesus them people them little kids are hurting this world has done terrible things in the lives of so many. Maybe you've experienced that. We got good news today, I'm telling you. Jesus is full of grace, and he's full of truth. Does anybody know what this key is for? Okay, does anybody lose the key? <laughs> I wish one of the vehicles. Oh. All right, well, we'll get him tacked to him. <laughs> Anyway, I was going to start with a story today. Usually I tell a story about myself, and if I tell too many of them, y'all disqualify me as a pastor because I'm always telling bad things on myself. But my brother... He don't mind if I tell bad things on him every now and then. He he reminded me of a story the other day. He said when he was about 10 years old, and I'm this is one of those stories I'm glad I wasn't there because I'd have been right in with him even though I'm six years older. But he was about 10 years old. He said he was riding in my dad's pickup. My dad was driving, and his brother, our uncle, Uncle Dickie, was sitting on the other side of him, and they were driving to a deer camp. It was the day before deer season started. And Heath, man you don't know how much we love to go hunting and fishing. We didn't get to see my dad much, and when we did, we was anxious to show him how we could do the things that he did. We was trying to prove ourselves, you know, want to be a man. And he said he was driving, he was just talking about deer hunting. Daddy was telling him stories, getting him all pumped up. He he reached up on the dashboard, and he pulled out this little brochure thing from the Mississippi Wildlife Fishery Department or something. It was telling the different seasons, hunting seasons. He was trying to find something he could do tonight, you know. And and he looked and he said, Daddy, it says, uh, it's snipe season. What is snipe? And he said, my daddy just started grinning and looked over at his brother. And Uncle Dickie started grinning and they looked at each other. He said, looking back now, you know, that he's adult, he should have known at that moment something was awry. <laughs> But he said, Daddy, what's snipe hunting? He And Uncle Dickie says, oh, we used to go snipe hunting all the time when we were young. When we were your age, we used to fill bags full of snipe. They taste good, too. Yeah, Daddy said, we cook them on the grill. <laughs> we used to love snipe hunting. He said, why don't we never go snipe hunting? Daddy, will you take me snipe hunting? He said, I don't know, son. We got, we're worried about deer tonight. You know, today, you know, we got to get to the camp. He said, please. He said he was begging to go snipe hunting. <laughs> daddy, please. How do you do it, Daddy? Can we we go snipe? He said, well, son, I guess we could do it because you you do it at night. What you do is you you take a sack and you get you a a can, a tin can or something, put some pebbles in it, and, and you go out in the woods at night. He said, you go way out into the dark and you hide, and you rattle that can and you open up that bag, and them snipe just fly right in there. He said, you can catch a whole bag before the night's over. My brother said, please, Daddy, take me snipe hunting. Please, please, let me go tonight. So they got to the camp, and they found him a old tin can. They put some rocks in it. And they got him. All they could find for a bag was old uh, plastic garbage sack. And they gave him that. And they said, okay, son, you ready to go? Go get us a mess of snipe. He said, you see that hill? Climb that hill about a quarter mile over there go into the woods and sit down and get hid real good and then rattle that can and get that bag ready because here they come. Heath said, all right, Daddy, I'm on my way. And so he took his bag and his can and he had his flashlight and Daddy said, oh, oh, Heath, hold on a second now. You can't take that flashlight out there. If If them snipes see that flashlight, they won't come. He said, okay, Daddy. But he was just anxious to show Daddy he was going to catch a bag full of them snipes. So he walked way out there, about a quarter mile. He said he heard, he told me this story this week. He said he heard uh, coyotes, and he heard things rustling around in the dark. How many has been out in the woods when it's really dark without a flashlight? He walked up on that ridge. He said he was shaking in his boots. That that can was doing this number here as he was walking, you know. But he was intent on showing Daddy that he was a man. And so he got hit up by a tree, he squatted down, he got that sack open, he said, I wonder what, if they're going to fly into my face, he said, so he started doing, he said, he held that bag open, he waited, he's waiting, nothing, he said, well maybe they didn't hear me the first time, so he, he's holding that bag open nothing's coming he's starting to get frustrated and he hears something he said maybe that's a snipe coming he's listening he said no that sounds like two guys laughing and he looked up and in the distance he could see two flashlights just you know giving it this all around down there by the camp and he said if they keep this up i ain't gonna catch no snipe So he got mad, shaking that can. He opened it up again. He this went on for another ten minutes. Finally, he heard off in the distance my daddy say, "You gotta rattle louder!" <laughs> I'm telling you, there comes a time in our life where we got to stop rattling the can. We got to stop snipe hunting. The devil has sent us out into the darkness, and he's making a joke out of our lives. Are you getting what I'm saying? I see 50, 60, 70-year-old people still up in the nightclubs, still drinking beer, snipe hunting, hoping the snipe will look better after midnight or something. I don't know, after a couple of beers. <laughs> Come on! We gotta stop snipe hunting. The devil, he wants you out there till you lose heart, till those coyotes get you, and when they start biting on you, he's gonna kick you while you're down. The devil has lied to us. How many can admit? Don't raise your hand, because I know it's everybody that the devil has duped you and sent you out in the woods many times at night time. But you got to be smart enough to come back into the light and stop falling for the same old tricks. Jesus told what I like to call the parable of the beach house. Beach house is Because the one guy went out there and he got his two-by-fours out and just set up a frame on the shifting sand and built him a house because he was ready to get on the beach and enjoy his new beach house. But it says the other guy had enough sense. He went out there and he cleared the sand off and got down to the bedrock. And he attached his frame to the solid rock. And that's what we got to do. We got to attach our lives to something solid. And what you're going to find solid in this world? You cut the TV on for three minutes and you're going to hear 127 lines. How you got to be like this if you're going to accomplish anything. How you got to do this. And all of us are trying to chase the snipe i think snipe is like a, a really a species of birds and there is a snipe season but that ain't how you go about it they're not just going to fly into the bag but we got to build our lives on a solid rock because it said the wind and the waves came and beat against both of those houses and it don't matter if you're a christian i'm just because you're a christian don't mean hard times are not coming it just means if you're if you're anchored You will stand in the storm. If you're not, you're going under. And it says the house fell on that one guy's house and great was the fall of. We don't need any more great falls. I'm tired of falling. The Bible says having done all to stand, stand therefore. And the only way you're going to stand is when you stand for the truth of God's word. Amen? Now we're in the series and we're probably getting ready to close it. This is part seven called... the house of God. And if you're following along in your sheets, the first blank is usually what is the message title today? And today's message is part seven, a house of truth. We're bad about letting snakes in our garden. It started with Adam, you remember? Why did Adam even let that snake talk to his wife? Why did Adam give him a... An avenue to speak into his life and begin to say, well, did God really say? God didn't really mean that, did he? And question the things of God. And ever since then, we've got a choice. We can either build a house of cards, or we can build our house on the truth. You ever, anybody ever built a house of cards? Those things are awful fragile. Just one card shaking and your whole world co- comes crashing down. And that's the way it is with lies. You build your life on a lie, you become a liar. You tell one lie, you got to tell a thousand lies to back it up. Pretty soon, guess what? You find yourself sitting on a throne of lies. Now, I've got a very serious video I want you to watch about the throne of lies. Santa. Ha ha! Ho ho ho! It's me, buddy! It's me! Bad hey dog! It's me! Who the heck are you? What are you talking about? I'm Santa Claus. No, you're not. Uh, why, of course I am! Ho <laughs> You're Santa! What song did I sing for you on your birthday this year? Uh, a happy birthday, of course. <laughs> uh, so, uh, how old are you, son? Boy. Oh, uh, You're a big boy. What's your name? Paul. And uh, what can I Paul, get you for Christmas? Don't tell him what you want. He's a liar. Let the kid talk. You disgust me. How can you live with yourself? Just cool it, Zippy. You sit on a throne of lies. Look. I'm not kidding. You're a fake. I'm a fake? Yes. How'd you like to be dead? Huh? No, he's kidding. You stink. I think you're gonna have a good Christmas, alright? You right? smell like beef and cheese. You don't smell like Santa. Okay, <gasps> <gasps> He's an He's a fake! He's a fake! He's a fake! He's a fake! Now, that's not a a veiled attempt to disparage people from telling their kids about Santa. But no, no, uh, sitting on a throne of lies, we, we tend to mess up the store, don't we? And that's what's happened to many of our lives. We mess up the store. What we need to do is give Jesus the throne of our lives. We don't need to be sitting on the throne in the first place, pretending that we know everything. We don't know anything. We've lost our way. We hunger for the truth and we we want to live and that's good because Jesus said I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He has the solution to everything that your heart needs. Let me hear an amen out of somebody. Amen? He's everything you need. He's the way, the truth, and the life. (laughs) Turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 13. Lord, please anoint me to to preach your word with sincerity and truth and clarity. Holy Spirit, have your way. In the New King James Version, Ephesians 1 13, it says, In him, meaning Jesus, you also trusted. After you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. I want you to look at that and see the progression. You see, first, got to trust Him. Then, once you trust Him, you'll trust the word of truth. You'll understand that this is His word, You trust Him. You trust His Word. And then, having believed what you heard, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. That's how you're saved. That's how you have eternal life. It's because you you believed in Jesus, you trusted in His Word, and you were sealed. That's the truth. And I want to submit to you today that every person... within the sound of my voice, including myself, we are accumulation of the things that we believe about ourselves. Everybody is. The things that you were taught or told or things that, that when they ridiculed you and said things about you, and if you believed those things, that became part of you. And you begin to hit a ceiling in your life. Every time your heart wanted to go higher, you were capped off by what you believed about yourself. Whether good or bad. Some of you still have this tingling inside. I'm almost like them that began to dream again. I almost want to hope to do better in my life. But every time you step out, you say, well, I can't do it. It's because of what you believe about yourself. Some of you, every time you get to a tough situation in life, I don't know what it is. Maybe somebody, your girlfriend leaves you, or your boyfriend leaves you, or you lose a job or something. You say, well, that's okay. I can make it through. But no, when your willpower runs out, when things get bad, and you're not on top of your game, the devil comes and he says, no, you remember you're an addict. You remember you're an alcoholic. You remember you never get through these things. You always break up. You've got mental issues. And the devil sends you snipe hunting. You go down to the pharmacy or you go down to the liquor store snipe hunting. Or you go looking for love in all the wrong places because that's the way you see Yourself. You are an accumulation of all the thoughts that you have believed about yourself. We all are. So does, is that the end? Proverbs 23, 7 says it like this. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. If you want scriptural backup for that. As you think in your heart, The things you've allowed, remember it says guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life. When somebody said that you're no good or you can't do it or you're voted least likely to be this or that and you allowed it in your heart, that became your reality. You will never go higher than what you believe about yourself. You will never love others till you love yourself. God said love others as you love yourself. You will always default to the you that you picture to be true. Oh, you may sustain something better for a while, but when it comes to a heart check, you'll slide back into that old groove every time. So what do we do? Is there hope for us? Was there hope for the man in the tombs? When Jesus got out of the boat, the man possessed with demons came to him. Now who was this man? Did this man, when he was a little boy, say, I'm going to grow up and live in the tombs? No, of course he didn't. The wind and the waves came. The rain came. And his house was like a house of cards, and it fell, and it crashed in on himself. And one failure led to another. People began to see him as a failure, call him a failure. He began to feel like a failure. He may have turned to some kind of drugs or alcohol or some, some counterfeit to the point it says that he now lived in the tombs and he howled like a wolf at night and cut himself with sharp stones. And that stuff goes on today. People have such a low self-worth that they would harm themselves. They would see themselves in such a position that they would harm themselves. And this, this man, it says nobody even tried to control him anymore. They couldn't control him. He was just wild. And some people just get to a point they don't care anymore. I'm just going to live under this bridge. I'm no good to society anyway. I'm just going to do my own thing. I'm not going to mess with nobody. Nobody's going to mess with me. People just check out of life because of all the things that they believe about themselves. And you may look at that demoniac. You may look at his life and say, well, there's no hope for him. Somebody may have looked at you at one time and said, there's no hope for him. I I bet they did. (laughs) I was voted a lot of things in high school, and it wasn't most likely to secede. But some people get to a point where they don't just believe the lies. They welcome in the liars. And this man was possessed with demons. So much that Jesus asked him what his name was. He said Legion because there's many of us. The liars were speaking for him. The liars were speaking through him. And it seemed... Like a hopeless situation. But. What about them butts in the Bible? Here come Jesus. And Jesus sent them liars into the pigs where they belong. And sent them running down into the lake to drown where they belong. And it says, in a short order, that man was in his right mind, sitting at Jesus' feet where we all need to be in our right mind, sitting at Jesus' feet. Full of hope and promise for the rest of his life. He's ready to, to hit the mission field. Let me go with you, Jesus. Jesus said, I got a better idea. You go back to your hometown of Decapolis, which means 10 cities, and you tell everybody what I've done for you. He goes, he's, he's sent by Jesus. One day he's filled with demons, and, the, and that afternoon he's a missionary. Now, don't tell me Jesus can't do turnarounds. Mm. Now you may think, I've got some demons, Pastor. We can cast those out. We've been given authority over the devil. Like Bill said, he's under our feet. We'll cast the devil out of you if, if need be. But most often, it isn't that we have demons. We hadn't gone that far, most of us. We just have strongholds. That's when lies get twisted up in our heart and bind us up into a stronghold and we can't seem to get past it. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, no chapter 10, I'm sorry, verse 4 and 5. Apostle Paul is speaking to the church in Corinth. He's trying to tell them, he says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. See, the strongholds are right here between your ears. That's the source of all your issues right here. If you've given your heart to Jesus, you're good right here. But the bad part is all your decisions are filtered through right here. And the devil, you know, once you get saved, all those strongholds don't immediately disperse. They're still there. They're, then you begin a, a sanctification process. That's that big Christian word that means you begin to untangle the strongholds in your mind. You begin to washing of the word, the transformation of your mind. And God begins to help you begin to see what he wanted you to see all along before you went snipe hunting. Before you went out into the dark. And this is how you do it. You trust God's Spirit in you to cast down the arguments and every high thing, prideful things, that exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Whatever is contrary to what this says about you, you've got to cast it down. It's a prideful thing against the Word of God. It's an argument against who you really are. It exalts itself against God. It's sin. It says, bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, to the obedience of the word of God. Bring every thought to captivity to the obedience of Christ. See, you're, ca- you're held captive by. The devil in some of your thought life. But don't you want to be free from that? Don't you want to walk out of darkness into this marvelous light and be free? That's why you're here today? Then find out what God's word says and break those strongholds. See, the only thing that will overcome the lie is the truth. We have to search the scriptures. Now, I want you to see in verse 5, it says, everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Say, knowledge. Bring every thought into captivity to the obedience. Say, obedience. See, there's knowledge, and then there's obedience. Knowledge without obedience just puffs you up, makes you even more prideful. That's why we got a church in America. Everybody knows more scripture than the pastor, but nobody's living it. We got a lot of knowledge and very little obedience. You wonder why you think you know so much, but you're still living like, like the rest of the world. Godly knowledge alone, even the devils believe and tremble. We have to search the scriptures. We have to find ourselves. What does the word of God say about me and who I am as a person? Well, I'm not in there. That book was written. Oh no, no, you are. This is a living word. It's a personal love letter written to you as a child of God. It's full of promises. And they're yes and amen to whosoever. Say knowledge and obedience. Search in the scripture of God. That's what Jesus did. The first look that we get after, you know, his circumcision on the eighth day was when he's 12 years old. and he, he, His parents go off and leave him, didn't realize that he wasn't with them. And he's in the temple searching the scriptures and questioning the temple leaders about the things of God for days. They finally found him and they said, Jesus, why have you done us like this? He said, didn't you know I must be about my father's business? What's the father's business? The truth. You see, the devil is the father of lies, but our God is the truth. You say, well, I know I've heard all this stuff before. That seems black and white. It is. But yet we still struggle. We still want to believe that if I can dip my toe over there in that sin and nothing will happen, if I don't get too far over there, I'll be good. And we're riding the fence and trying to see... Still got our bag. (laughs) Still trying to catch some snipe. Hadn't learned your lesson yet. Truth is the Father's business. 1 John 4. This is the the letter that John wrote, not the gospel. 1 John 4, verse 5. He says, they are of the world. Therefore they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. He's talking about people that don't know Jesus. See, there should be a difference between people that know Jesus and those who don't. We have the truth. We are of God, it says in verse 6. And he who knows God hears us. And he who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. See, these are spiritual matters. Are you living in the spirit of truth or are you living in the spirit of error? Well, go on and tell me what to do, Pastor. Go on and tell me. That's what most of us get. And I always think about that when I'm, I'm preparing my sermons, my messages, because I don't want you to just come here and hear, have a lot of knowledge, but don't leave with any practical application. What do we do? Well, obviously, the first thing we do to change the direction of our life, we have to change the way we think. And I think I've already made that abundantly clear. And so what is the change agent? The word of God, the washing of the water by the word of God. Be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. So if we want a different direction in our life, we're tired of going around the same old mountains making the same old mistakes. we got to begin to think different. James says looking in the Word of God is like looking in a mirror. Look in there to see who God created you to be. Stop believing the lies. The Word word of God is the absolute truth. It should be your source. It should be your final destination for anything that you try to find out whether it's true or not. But James also goes on to say in that same scripture, but be ye doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. It's knowledge. Say knowledge. And obedience. So find out what the word says and then act on it. Man, it's a miserable place to be to know what the word says and be rebellious and still want to do what that old flesh wants to do. And you just sit around in condemnation and guilt all your life. And that's not God's plan. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. There's a truth that some of you might want to latch on to. It's been a life-changing scripture for me because I grew up in a church where, you know, I had to say a certain amount of prayers to be forgiven and and I felt like God was bargaining with me all the time. And I had an uh, erroneous view of who God is and his character. And I thought he was always after me. And so when I came into true Christianity, I brought that, that wrong thinking in with me. And I didn't, know, I didn't know God's character. And I always felt condemned. I wanted to love him more than ever now that I was saved. And the Spirit of God was telling me that you can have a new life. But I, I was still making mistakes. And I stayed under condemnation. And some of you, this scripture, th- this message today, you may leave here and say, Well, I ain't getting none of this right. And you, and the devil's gonna come and make you feel under condemnation. And that's not the point of this thing. That is the point of this thing. Don't listen to the devil. He's sending you out again. God is gonna walk you through this process, He's on your side. He loves you. He wants you to be free. Knowledge and obedience. See, the truth is part of the whole armor of God that we're told to put on in Ephesians chapter 6. It's the belt. It's what holds your pants up. You ever seen those guys walking around with their pants sagging? Underwear hanging out? That's because they don't know the truth. They have a low view of themselves. That's a sign of low self-esteem. They need to put on the belt of truth. Don't walk around with your butt hanging out. (laughs) Metaphorically speaking, put the belt of truth on and hold your britches up. It'll hold your life together. It, It works with your outfit. It pulls it all together. The truth pulls it all together. Jesus prayed in John 17, 17. He's praying for us. He says, make them holy by your truth. See, the truth will make you holy. And that's what our hearts are longing for once we get saved. He says, teach them your word. Say knowledge. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending you into the world. So it comes with a need for obedience. He's sending us. Are we going to be obedient? Say obedience. Knowledge and? Wake up. Wake up out there. So we got that that first point down, right? We only got two big ones. So the second one is to stay filled. With the Holy Spirit. It is. How do we even know what is truth without the Holy Spirit? How many of you used to read the Bible before you got saved? You said, I don't understand a word of that. Because it's foolishness to the unbeliever. It must be spiritually discerned. This is a spiritual book. Who can know the heart of God without having the heart of God? The spiritual things of God have to be spiritually discerned. So you've got to be born again so that you can understand the Word. And when you're born again, you're given the Spirit of God, but it's up to us to stay filled with the Spirit of God and not to go back to that old carnal way of thinking, not to get lured back out into the snipe hunting business. John 16, 13 says, When the Spirit of truth comes, who's he talking about? The Holy Spirit. When the Spirit of truth, he is called the Spirit of truth. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. So how are you going to do this Christian life without being filled with the Holy Spirit? That's what's wrong with the church today. The church trying to do everything without the Holy Spirit. Well, I don't understand the Holy Spirit. It it scares me. You don't know the truth. The truth is that he's your friend. He's who Jesus sent to fill us, to empower us, to carry out the mission of God. And we're trying to do it in our own strength. Lie number one from the devil. You must be filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus' whole thing is, don't go nowhere until I send the Holy Spirit. Don't mess this thing up on your own. If we would have been able to do anything, we couldn't even save ourselves. That the Spirit drew us to the truth. Man, I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. When Jesus got baptized and he went to fast for 40 days, he went into the wilderness. Did he go alone? Said the Holy Spirit led him, didn't it? Man, been reading his Bible. The Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. Because who was out there? The devil was out there trying to send Jesus snipe hunting. Make that stone bread. Jump off this. Bow down and serve me and I'll give you all this. You liar, you don't You don't own a thing. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Jesus told him over and over, it is written. It is written. It is written. And the truth is. Is your sword that cuts up the devil and sends him on his way? The devil didn't want no more. Said he'll go. I'm gonna go, and I'll get back with you later. And the devil was out of there. What if he would have been able to trick Jesus? Then we'd all still be dead in our sins and trespasses because we wouldn't have anybody to save us. Because he would have sinned, but Jesus never sinned. It was by the power of the Holy Spirit with knowledge. That he had searched out as a young man of who he is in Christ. Who he he is, is Christ. The knowledge and the obedience to the word of God. That he defeated the enemy with it is written. And what if you knew enough scripture... Knowing that the word of God is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. What if you knew, what if when the devil came to you and started lying to you, you can't get that job, you're not qualified, you'll never be this, you'll never be that. Wait a minute now, devil. I thought I said, if you have to Google it, I do all the time. Scriptures for this, scriptures for that. Just make sure you put the word Bible in there somewhere you get some scriptures you don't want? But what if you came back and said, no, wait a minute, devil. It is written. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm more than an overcomer in him who loved me. Thanks be unto God, which gives me the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, but you got that sickness. In it. Oh, no. It is written that by his stripes I am healed. What if we begin to take that sword and went on the offense instead of sitting back with a bag, collecting whatever comes our way? Hmm. James 1.18 says he chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. That's how you were born again. And we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. That's how you got to be so special. You believed the word of God and you acted on it. With your mouth you confessed Jesus as Lord. I don't know how to, I don't know a better illustration. I I know I use this one often. Maybe it's it's so that you can hear it enough times you might use it. But I just think of Lazarus in that tomb and how Jesus showed up. And they said, Jesus, he's been in that tomb for four days. It, It ain't no hope for him. And, and when Jesus shows up in your life, a lot of people are going to say, Jesus, there ain't no hope for that guy. There ain't no hope for that woman. She, you don't know. She's been dead a long time. By now, she's stinking. You know what I'm saying? And that's what they said about Lazarus. But Jesus said, go and roll that stone away. What is that stone? That's whatever's blocking you from coming out into the light. That stone is is that that block in your mind that makes you think that you are what the devil says you are instead of what God says you are. And he said, send somebody to roll away that stone. Go and do it. Maybe I'm rolling away that stone for you today because I want you to know I don't care if you've been demon-possessed, you can be sitting at Jesus' feet in your right mind before this day is over. I don't care if you feel like you're in a tomb somewhere, Jesus will send somebody to roll away that stone. All you got to do is send for Jesus. He may not come into time everybody wanted him to come. You may have went through some things you wish you wouldn't have went through, but when Jesus came, they'll roll away that stone. And when Jesus says, come forth, Lazarus, you need to respond. Because there's power to raise the dead in the voice of Jesus Christ. And Lazarus got up, he come walking out there like a mummy. He's wrapped up. I mean, I don't even know if he could breathe through that mask and stuff. They had wrapped him up. And he come stumbling out there, and Jesus says, loosen and let him be free. Not only will he call you back to life, he'll send Five-fold ministry. He'll send brothers and sisters. He'll get you in a good Bible-believing church. He'll surround you with people that will help disciple you and unwrap all that stinking thinking that you have accumulated over the years so that you can finally be free, so that you can finally walk into fullness. Mm. That's God's hope for each and every person. And we're all at different levels. Just because I'm behind this pulpit don't mean I got it all right. I got my issues, too. There's still some grave clothes around my heart somewhere, and God's still unwrapping, and he'll be unwrapping until the day he gets back. But i tell you what, I ain't doing this much anymore. I ain't going out there no more. I have made up my mind. I ain't going out there. No more snipe hunting. Jesus is calling us to live in the light where we were truly created to be. And in John 8:32 he says, You will know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. It is the truth that will unwrap you, my friend, and give you hope in the future, bring you out into God's glorious light, into his kingdom, so that you can see hope again, and you can be everything.